Sephora stores are everywhere you are. So just pop in when you need a brown lip to match your 90s playlist, a confidence boost before your interview, or a last-minute gift for mom's birthday. There's always a Sephora near you. Just pop in. Use our store locator to find your local Sephora or Sephora at Kohl's. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hello guys, welcome back to the Treatment Room Podcast. I'm your host, Tessa Zolli, and I'm a licensed esthetician. (laughs) I had a horrible week of sleep, so excuse me if I'm a little out of it. I hope this podcast comes out in English. But today, I actually want to dive right into a skin condition that I think is very important to bring awareness to. It's a condition I've been seeing a lot more of this summer, which is pretty typical and we'll talk about why. So today's episode is going to be about fungal acne. Fungal acne can easily be confused with acne vulgaris and it is a different type of infection and it requires different treatment. So I hope this episode is helpful whether you are struggling with fungal acne or even if you are an esthetician, this is something we do not touch on at all in esthetician school. And I think one of the reasons is that fungal acne really requires a diagnosis from a doctor or a dermatologist. However, that said, I think just as people who are looking at skin all day and people who are likely going to come across fungal acne, we still need to bring education and more awareness to this skin condition so that you know when to refer out to a dermatologist and you know the difference and you can possibly distinguish between acne vulgaris and fungal acne. And it's not easy to distinguish. I've even had conversations with my dermatologist about how it can be pretty tricky Sometimes a derm will look at the skin through a microscope or they will look at it through a woods lamp and that way they can make a for sure diagnosis. But let's talk a little bit about what fungal acne even is. It's a common skin condition. Again, I see a lot more of it in the hot, humid months when clients are traveling to hot climates or when they are just living somewhere really hot and humid. And I would say fungal acne is is for sure more rare than acne vulgaris, but it is out there and it, it can happen. So it happens when hair follicles become infected with a fungus. The fungus is referred to as malassezia yeast, and the condition is also called malassezia folliculitis or pityrosporum folliculitis. So how do you distinguish fungal acne from acne vulgaris? I would say one of the telltale signs that I see with clients is the itchiness and sometimes pain and discomfort that can come with 
fungal acne. This is not to be confused with, you know, inflamed hormonal acne or or nodules that can definitely be painful to the touch. And it's different from acne that is being treated with active ingredients such as benzoyl peroxide, retinol, chemical peels. Those types of active ingredients could sort of incite some itching, but fungal acne on its own is typically itchy. And that is a telltale sign if your client tells you, my acne is just so uncomfortable. It's been lingering around. It's super stubborn. Nothing works on it. It's super itchy. That is the key. Fungal acne usually manifests in clusters of small, itchy red bumps or papules. And again, they can look a lot like normal acne, but they do typically occur in little clusters. Sometimes the bumps can get bigger and they can turn into whiteheads or even white or yellow pustules. So again, they can very closely resemble just your normal, typical breakouts. One thing that I look for in clients who are worried they might have fungal acne or they just feel like, you know, they're dealing with a little bit of an unusual condition versus your standard acne is that I see fungal acne typically occurring on the forehead, the perimeters of the face. Sometimes it's the chest and the back. So those are areas you want to check on your client. And you guys, I think this brings up a great point as to how important skin analysis is in the treatment room and really not rushing any consultation that you have with your client because you want to try to catch something like fungal acne or you want to try to identify what you're going to be treating early on because if you miss fungal acne and you start, you know, typical acne treatment, you start an acne boot camp, you're going in trying to treat with salicylic acid, benzoyl peroxide, retinol, typically this will backfire and probably worsen the infection and will not bring your client any relief And if anything, it will just make matters worse. So it's so important to really look at your client. Don't be shy. Get in there. Try to look at their um, chest area and their back with permission. Just ask if you can, you know, quickly check and sort of feel around in that area. If you're seeing lots of clusters and rashy breakouts, you're seeing it, um, on the forehead and the perimeters of the face, definitely ask your client if they notice any discomfort or if it's itchy. A lot of times I hear clients say, yeah, and almost like they didn't think about it. Sometimes it's not extremely severe, but they'll say something like, you know what, now that I think about it, it has been itchy or it gets itchy at night. So that's something to be aware of. The other really tricky thing about assessing fungal acne and and treating it is that, yes, you can have both acne vulgaris and fungal acne at the same time. And in fact, more often than not, I see a combination of the two. And I did a post on Instagram, I think it was this week. Definitely go check it out over on my SD Tessa if you haven't yet already. It's always linked in the show notes. I did a post about how to prioritize treating different skin conditions. 
Reason being, you know, a client might tell you my acne is bothering me the most. That's what's really affecting them mentally. But as the professional, we have to lead and we have to be aware of conditions that really require more urgency and priority with treatment. So something like fungal acne, which can be contagious, it can be really uncomfortable, it can worsen over time. You want to make sure you treat that, nip it in the bud, refer out to a derm if you need to before going in with your other types of treatments. Same thing if we're looking at, you know, perioral dermatitis or rosacea. These are inflammatory skin conditions that I would say are more urgent than other things like hyperpigmentation or acne, which are definitely important to treat, but they would come next on the priority list. So who can get fungal acne? Anybody can get it. It is most common in adolescents and young adult males. Typically, we see it more often on oily skin, where yeast thrives. And yeast on the skin is not necessarily the issue, which I think is important to bring up. It's really when that hair follicle becomes damaged or clogged that yeast can get into the follicle, and that's when it becomes a problem. It can grow really quickly, especially if, again, you live somewhere hot, if the skin is frequently damp or sweaty. Let's talk about some of the ideal factors that come into play for somebody who can be prone to fungal acne. Typically, again, this happens in hot, humid climates. Not always the case, however. It could even be these, you know, hot, sweaty instances or moments or just temporary environments, such as going into a hot tub, a sauna. I see it almost all the time in clients that are big workout people that frequently go to the gym. So it doesn't just have to be these tropical locations, but that is pretty common if you see or have clients that have been on vacation, they've been in one of these types of climates, or they live in a very hot, humid state. I know some of us had some record-breaking heat this summer, especially in Texas. So that is kind of the ideal environment for fungal acne. Next, it can happen in those who have a weakened immune system. Maybe it was temporary or maybe they have an autoimmune type of condition. We also know that when there are prior fungal infections, such as seborrheic dermatitis or tinea versicolor, or even a yeast infection, sometimes these types of prior fungal infections can make somebody more prone to it because of the yeast and the candida. Next, sweating a lot, hyperhidrosis. Some people just have a tendency to sweat a lot, or again, maybe you work out a ton, or you live somewhere very hot again, or it's kind of all these things coming together. And Something I would really highlight is that if you are prone to fungal acne or if you're worried about it as a concern, I would recommend keeping your workouts on the shorter side. Like they could be 
between 20 to 45 minutes. You can get a very effective workout in in a shorter amount of time. I don't think you need to spend, you know, an hour and a half, two hours or more than that at the gym. And be aware if, again, you're prone to fungal acne, if you live somewhere super hot and humid, you might want to just tweak your workouts accordingly, maybe do more low impact workouts such as Pilates, strength training, walking versus a lot of running high intensity cardio that would make you sweat a lot. And something that I was also talking about with my dermatologist because we were both kind of sharing, you know, we're seeing more of fungal acne and we both feel it's very important to cleanse directly after workouts. And I know it can be an inconvenience to bring your skincare to the gym, but it's something I truly think is so important because we might spend, you know, on average an hour in the gym and then it could take even if, even if it takes 10 minutes to get home, we want to be mindful that just any longer length of time that bacteria is sitting on the skin can really promote acne and fungal acne. So I recommend just getting in the habit of bringing your skincare products to the gym. A little hack that I love if you don't want to bring the whole shebang, the whole routine is to bring a cleanser. You could even purchase a travel size cleanser from your esthetician or from me and have that with you. Then I suggest bringing either your SPF or even just like a little hydrating face mask. I can link some of my favorite ones that are non-comedogenic in the show notes. And that way you can cleanse your skin, you can throw on a mask and you can treat your skin while you wait to get home. I know a lot of people say, you know, it only takes five or 10 minutes, but that time is really of the essence. And I think it generally takes people a little longer than they'd like to admit, but it's just, it's the inconvenience of needing to bring your stuff to the gym, needing to plan ahead, needing to cleanse at a public sink. I totally get it is not the most ideal, but again, if you're prone to acne or fungal acne, I think it is a really good habit to get into. And I just see such a world of difference with clients that are able to start adopting that habit. I notice clients clear a lot more quickly when they are willing to bring their skincare to the gym. And again, I just think we don't fully realize like how much bacteria and sweat on the skin can really promote inflammation and make healing even more challenging. The next thing is to be very cautious of what you're putting on your skin Fungal acne can be triggered by occlusive or oil-based products. Oftentimes it's moisturizers, sunscreens. I see a lot of makeup, cleansing balms, and even hair care creating a big problem for those with fungal acne. I will also link acne and fungal acne safe shampoo in the show notes. This is so, so key. And again, when I'm seeing fungal acne, it's typically the perfect storm of events. It's the hot climate. It's the frequent sweating and workouts. It's delaying certain hygiene practices. And then on top of that, it could be, you know, what you're using on your hair and your skin. 
Lastly, and very importantly, use of antibiotics can actually promote fungal acne the same way it could promote a yeast infection. And what I have now seen a couple of times is really unfortunate and it is not to, um, you know, take a dig at dermatologists, but what I'm seeing is derms prescribing antibiotics for treatment of acne vulgaris. And then what happens is it triggers fungal acne. And then somebody has this really tricky combination of both fungal acne and acne vulgaris. So be mindful of use of antibiotics. I don't want to demonize them because I have definitely had my moments where I've needed them. Struggling with neurogenic rosacea, which is a very severe form of rosacea, there have been times where flares have been so uncomfortable, so bad that I did have to rely on this prescription. But you just want to be mindful of, you know, taking antibiotics. I feel unless it's a very, very severe case, if we're trying to treat acne vulgaris, I typically don't feel antibiotics are necessary or a healthy long-term choice for the acne sufferer because sure, it'll clear you up temporarily. It's great, but it kind of gives this false sense of hope and being clear where people really never get to the root issue. They never learn how to interrupt the acne process correctly because they can rely on that medication. But it's not something that's great for your body long-term. If you do take it, make sure you are taking a good probiotic alongside it. But yeah, I just think antibiotics can be kind of like a one step forward, two steps back kind of medication. So what causes fungal acne? We talked about some of these ideal environments where fungal acne is more common, but again, it really comes down to that hair follicle becoming damaged or clogged. So let's talk about ways in which it could become damaged or clogged. Number one, having the skin rub against something, a surface, a clothing item, something that causes a lot of friction. I see this often with sports bras and very tight fitting caps. I'm not the biggest baseball hat fan because it provides such a limited amount of sun protection and having something so tight to the skin can really promote acne, close comedones, and fungal acne. You know, on occasion it can be okay, but it really just depends. Are you super prone to fungal acne? Do you live somewhere super hot? Are you sweating a lot? Again, it's that perfect storm of events, but friction and the skin are generally not friends and it tends to cause a lot of inflammatory issues. Number two, leaving the skin hot and damp. I would be very cautious with saunas, steam rooms, hot yoga, those kind of things. Again, some people can do those things and it's perfectly healthy for others. If they are prone to fungal acne, it can just really be a problem. Number three, shaving, plucking, or waxing hair. So similar to the first example of skin friction, this type of hair removal is a really common trigger for fungal acne in both men and women. This is a common factor that I see 
Again, it could be antibiotics, using the wrong hair care, and then, um, you know, some form of hair removal that kind of puts somebody past their tipping point. It can be caused or triggered by touching or rubbing the skin frequently. So a really good habit is to be mindful of touching your skin, resting your hand on your face, and ensuring that you wash your hands really thoroughly before you do your skincare. Next, using a hot tub, a whirlpool, something like that. I see a lot of fungal acne after vacations could be from a hot tub and the hot climate. And it's not to, you know, scare you because these things can be fun and relaxing, but make sure it's really well maintained. If you have a hot tub at home, make sure you're really taking, taking good care and cleaning it out regularly. Lastly, wearing tight fitting clothes. So be cautious, especially if you are a workout person, you want to wear breathable clothes. Oftentimes I'll recommend cotton sports bras to my female clients that struggle with acne vulgaris or fungal acne on their chest and back. A lot of the Lycra sports bras, Lululemon, that kind of thing, really great material, beautiful pieces, but it can trap that moisture. So that's what we want to be aware of. But you can find very affordable cotton sports bras on Amazon. So I'd say check those out if you are somebody who sweats frequently. Next, let's chat a little bit about the symptoms of fungal acne. Fungal acne, by the way, you guys, it can come on pretty suddenly and it can almost seem like a rash. So I've had clients say something to the effect of like, test this came out of nowhere. All of a sudden I have all these bumps on my forehead and my back and the bumps do tend to look pretty similar in size and appearance. And again, they form in clusters. This is via clevelandclinic.org. Each pimple, when we're talking about fungal acne, might have a red border or a ring around it. Your skin may feel burning. It may feel itchy. It may feel painful. The blemishes can happen anywhere on your skin, but they're most common on the chin, chest, forehead, neck, upper arms, shoulders, and back. So again, SDs, if you have somebody on your treatment table, you want to be looking for those things and don't be afraid to ask your clients important questions. Have you experienced any sensation with this? When did it occur? If they're saying it, you know, kind of came out of nowhere and, and spread really quickly, that's more telling that something could be fungal acne versus acne vulgaris. I notice most clients, most, not everyone, but most struggle with acne for a number of years before they start to do something about it, whereas fungal acne can kind of just happen real, real quick. How is fungal acne diagnosed? This is very key, you guys. I want to make sure I'm not, you know, encouraging anyone to self-diagnose. We want to be very careful to get the right diagnosis. So if you're an esthetician, if you're seeing the signs of fungal acne, but you're not sure, 
and you want to be sure so you're, you know how to plan your treatments accordingly. Definitely don't be afraid to refer out to a derm. And you guys, I do think it's important for estheticians to try to develop relationships with dermatologists, even just having one solid derm in your area that you trust, you don't have to be best friends, but you trust their diagnosis. They have a good reputation. That is a really, really uh, priceless relationship to have. And your clients will really appreciate it if you are making referrals when needed. It's not a negative thing to make a referral out to a dermatologist. And, you know, it can really save a client. And we're not experts in skin diagnosis. We should not be diagnosing these things. So I do think if you have your own aesthetics practice, something to think about is just getting in touch with a dermatologist and having a positive relationship. They will definitely appreciate you and the referrals. So that's something I just think can go a long way. And it really comes in handy when you're in these kind of situations. As for treatment, I think it's so important, again, to get the correct diagnosis. A derm can typically treat fungal acne effectively and what tends to happen is you can treat it topically to a certain extent. When it gets too deep, it does require an oral medication. So again, making those referrals when it is needed, not waiting too long and trying the wrong treatments before making that referral is important. But, you know, better late than never. If you are trying to treat somebody, they're really not responding, yet they're saying they have discomfort, itching with fungal acne. It's kind of following, you know, what I've said in terms of uh, symptoms. That's a great time to make a referral out to the dermatologist. I will talk a little bit about ingredients and products that I recommend to somebody who knows they have fungal acne. Fungal acne, again, it does require a specific topical and that can help to treat and maintain it. You want to maintain it on a weekly basis with your topical treatments. Typically, these treatments can be somewhat drying, so you don't want to overdo it and you do want to support the skin with good home care. I have a couple of favorites for home care. And again, I want to be clear, this is not to eradicate the fungal acne. It's to help maintain it. It's to help support the skin during fungal acne treatment because I think a lot of people have heard about the antifungal shampoos and treatments, but they don't know what else to use in their regimen in the meantime. And that's where I think estheticians can really be supportive for somebody with fungal acne. So I'm going to link some of my favorite products to support a home care routine for somebody with fungal acne or somebody who is prone to it. I really love Glymed Plus's new mandelic products. Mandelic acid is one of the best ingredients for fungal acne because it is antifungal. It's antibacterial. It's a very effective yet gentle type of acid. So I love the idyllic cleanser and the radiant serum. They are both gentle enough for daily use. I'd say for most people, including sensitive skin, but you can really work your way up to using it more. I say always start with just using an active ingredient two to three times a week and then possibly adding one 
additional day per each week, as long as you feel comfortable. So you could start with using the idyllic cleanser two to three times per week, then slowly increase to three to four until you are using it every day, but always assess the skin. Be aware, am I tolerating it this well? Am I tolerating this well? Am I feeling really dry, irritated? That kind of thing. It's all about just listening to the skin and um, understanding like when you can push a little bit harder versus supporting with hydrating ingredients, healing ingredients, good anti-inflammatories. So I love those two Mandelic products, the Idyllic Cleanser and the Radiant Serum. Oh, Radiant Serum truly makes you look so radiant. It is a 1% Mandelic Acid product. Very, very gentle, but effective, and you do notice an immediate glow. You can use this serum whether you have fungal acne or acne vulgaris. I am such a fan. Next, we have oxygen treatment cream. So important not to use an occlusive moisturizer. Same goes for sunscreen. Some sunscreens can be really heavy, especially if they are waterproof, you guys. If you're seeing waterproof, long-lasting with your makeup or your SPF, typically these are products that have a very occlusive base that will stick on the skin even as you get your skin wet, meaning it's very resilient and very hard to remove, aka it can really clog your pores. So I would suggest the oil-free SPF from Glymed, fantastic choice and a fantastic way to protect your skin without clogging it. I also have comfort cream as a really nice option for somebody with fungal acne, again, because it can be itchy, it can be irritated and inflamed. Comfort cream just feels like a nice drink of water for the skin. It's a 200% aloe vera base, which is hard to come by in a moisturizer. It is a crowd favorite for a summertime moisturizer, and it's around, I think, $40, so tends to be more affordable, and it's one of Glymed's most popular products. It's almost always sold out, but it is in stock right now. And then last but not least, Fulvic Elixir Antifungal Serum. Super perfect for this kind of skin condition. I love pairing the Radiant Serum with Fulvic Elixir because you're getting a little bit of exfoliation with the Radiant Serum. And then Fulvic Elixir is a nice way to get antioxidants to the skin and to treat the fungal infection without being too aggressive. It's very calming, very hydrating, and it is important to support the skin, especially if you are using an antifungal shampoo or some kind of aggressive topical that can be very, very drying on the skin. Okay, guys, that is my little spiel on fungal acne. I think it's something that needs to be talked about more. Let's bring some awareness to it. Let's have more conversations about it. And hopefully we can all get a little bit better at distinguishing it from acne vulgaris. I hope this episode was helpful. Please comment on my latest, my SD Tessa over on Instagram. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Would love to hear if it helped. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you and I will talk to you next week.